This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm so grateful you're here today. Today, I want to thank Gooder for supporting this episode of the podcast. These are my favorite shades for not just running and being physically active, but for everyday wear as well. I live in a house that is pretty rowdy, and so I feel very at ease knowing that the sunglasses from Gooder are only $25 to $35. They're fun, they're fashionable, they're functional, and they're affordable. What I love is every purchase of Gooder sunglasses is backed by their one-year warranty. They have 30-day free returns, and they give back. Gooder is a proud member of the 1% for the planet since 2018. 1% of Gooder's annual gross sales go directly to environmental nonprofits working towards making our world a better place. Go to gooder.com slash another and get yourself 15% off. Go to gooder.com slash another and you'll get 15% off your order. All right, today's guest. I am really excited to have Emily Sisson on the show. I really feel like it's long overdue and I'm excited to finally have this conversation. Emily is sponsored by New Balance, coached by Ray Tracy and debuted the marathon in 2019 at the London Marathon in a time of 2.23.08, placing sixth. Pretty stellar debut marathon. She is gearing up for the track trials right now. She'll be racing the 10K, which is super exciting. Despite not performing the way she would have hoped at the Olympic trials in 2020 for the marathon trials, she has since gone on to run some pretty awesome races. She finished off the year in 2020 at the Valencia Half, where she ran a 67.24, making her the second fastest American half marathoner of all time, only one second off of Molly Huddle's American record. She also recently ran the Sound Running Invite 5K on the track, running a 14.55, which was a new PR and gave her the win for that race. And most recently, she ran the Rivergate 15K National Championship, where she won not only the women's race, but she also won the Equalizer, which is the race's traditional gender battle by finishing ahead of the men's champion as well. That was Emily's third national road running title. Emily also represented Team USA at the 2017 IAAF World Championships in the 10K. A lot ahead for Emily in her career, and we cover all sorts of things in this episode that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. All right. Make sure you check out all the other podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions Network. Specifically, if you are into running, check out the Up and Running podcast with Lauren Flores. She gives you all of the latest news an elite and professional distance running over there. And if you're a parent, check out my new parenting podcast, Why Is Everyone Yelling? All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Emily Sisson. All right, well, today on the podcast, this is, I feel like this is so long overdue. We have Emily Sisson on the show. Welcome to the show, Emily. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you. I'm sure you're excited that you're finally able to get some races in. Congratulations on the 15K championship win. Oh, thanks. Yeah, after a year with like very little racing, it it feels amazing just to be able to get out twice last month I was able to race. So that was pretty incredible. Um, I feel like you appreciate things more once <laughs> once they're taken away. So, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. For sure. Okay, so you've done three races since the trials then, right? Yeah, Valencia half in December, and then I did the 5K in LA and uh, the 15K recently. All really stellar races for you. They've been really fun. They've been very different, but yeah, no. um, Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying kind of just uh, bouncing around, going from the road to the track to the road, and I think I'm going back to the track now. So I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Okay, yeah. Tell us, do you know what your next race is? 
Um, I don't know for sure, but there are a couple meets we're looking at. And I don't know. I think Ray wants me to do two races, at least one before the trials. So uh, it'll probably be a 5K again. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'll do a 10. We're not sure yet. We haven't we haven't like set anything in stone. Yeah, I read somewhere that they've like changed the window from the 5k to the 10k now that you really can't yeah. do that turnaround at the trials. Yeah, I mean, they are spaced out enough that you can you can do the turnaround. But um, since the 10k, I feel like is my best event. Um, it's probably just makes sense to just do that one. Um, I would have done both though, if the 10k was first, and then I would have uh, come back in the five. But yeah, no, just because they changed the schedule, we're like, we'll just go all in on the 10K. But they are they are pretty spaced out. So I think we'll see a lot of people doing both. But some people will have to maybe choose. I know. I was going to say, do you know anybody already doing both? Or is are people um, not spilling that secret yet? I haven't asked anyone, but there are definitely people I know that are like qualified in both and have a really good shot in both. And I'm like, I'm curious what they'll do. But um, but they, I feel like the trial is like, how many days long is it? Is it like 10 days long? Something so, like that. It's spaced out like enough that like, the you 18th have through a few the 27th, days. right? The 18th through the 27th yeah. is what I have, which is okay. coming up. Yeah. I know it's so, it's going to be here before we know it. It's so soon. <laughs> yeah. It's really soon, and um, I think the 5K has two rounds, so you'll have like a couple 5Ks in your legs, but then you have like a couple days to like a few days to recover. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to race in the new Hayward. Um, it looks it looks incredible. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine how exciting it must be. Just coming off of the whole, the year, just the crazy year, yeah. doing this an entire year later because you finished the trials and you mm-hmm. are focused on the the track trials now, obviously, when the, right. when the marathon trials didn't go the way you wanted it to. And then that gets pulled right. out from underneath everybody. And now, it's, I mean, it's been an entire year. I know it's actually it's just wild looking back on it all and like how it's all played out. Um, but yeah, there, I think there were some like silver linings to having things like delayed. Um, I had like downtime I've never had before. So we were able to kind of hit like a massive reset button, which I think helped. Um, but then like motivation wise, like definitely struggled a bit because I, I do love to race. And when there were no races on the schedule, there were days I'm like, wow, like when can I race again? <laughs> like I love to race. I like training, but I love racing. So um, like when is this coming back? But I definitely am like, I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but it's, like, it's true. I'm so, so appreciative now of every opportunity I get. And it's almost like, I feel like you just don't really have much to lose now <laughs> because my like, I, I maybe it's because the trials went so poorly too that I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I have anything to lose. But like now every time I stop on the step on the start line, I'm like, wow, like I get to race. <laughs> like it's more like a feeling of gratitude and less, um, I don't know, I'm less like worried about like things need to be perfect or like not like not, I'm not telling myself, oh, don't like make a mistake here. I'm just like, oh, like I get a race. It's like excitement <laughs> that's fueling me right now. So we'll talk about your marathon history and the trials a little bit, but let's talk about the okay. 15K because what an amazing race. And I want to hear about your strategy going into the race as not your first race back. It was your third race back, but mm-hmm. it was windy day and you had some heavy competition. There was a lot of really phenomenal runners out there. So mm-hmm. what was that starting line like for you? Um, yeah. So I think like a week or two before or a few weeks before the race, Ray was like, oh, you're pretty fit. Like maybe you can try to go for the record there. And then like the week of the race, we looked at the weather and we're like, mm, no, <laughs> that's not, um, that, that's not realistic. <laughs> so, uh, it, I think it was like 20 mile per hour winds with gusts like much higher than that. So I like was wondering if Ray was going to have me change the plan because I know he wanted me just to run hard. And I talked to him and he's like, no, I still want you to run hard. <laughs> he's like, I want you to race it. I want you to race 15K. I don't want you to like run 10K and then race five. Like I want you racing like 15K. Um, we thought like if I went out, um, like pretty aggressively, we thought like people would still go with me though. Um, so I wasn't expecting to be on my like own for all of it, but, um, I could see with it being so windy, why people were like, Oh, like, what is she doing? A little bit more conservative. I know I was nervous. I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, am I running too fast? (laughs) Um, it's really windy and you don't start with the headwind. You start with, um, I looked at the map the night before, but it was either like a, like kind of more of a side wind or like it was blocked or a tailwind. So you didn't actually feel it at the beginning. Um, so it's a little hard to judge when it's windy, like what, um, what effort you should be doing, because you know, you need to conserve some for when you're running like straight into it. But, um, 
but then, yeah, you need to take advantage of when you don't feel it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's tricky. It's hard. But uh, we felt it at the end, which I knew we would. I knew looking at like the course the night before, I looked at the elevation profile, like looked at the direction the wind would be coming from the course map and like, oh my God, we're going to feel it so bad mm. on that bridge. <laughs> and it was terrible the last like mile or two, but um but it was fun. Like, it, I don't know. I just loved getting out and uh, racing on the roads in the U.S. I haven't done that since the trials. So um, that was pretty incredible. Just like it felt like a bit of normalcy. <laughs> so, um, I yeah, it was it was really nice. I had a great time. When you were on that last hill and you were feeling at that last mile, did you were you aware how far ahead you were? No, I wasn't. And like a couple times throughout the race, like or I think once someone told me how far ahead I was. Um, and I was like, I remember he was like, oh, you're 50 meters ahead. I'm like, I really hope he doesn't know what 50 meters looks like. <laughs> it's actually pretty close. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm like, they're catching me. Oh, shoot. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't know how far ahead I was. So I just tried to make sure I had enough saved up that like if, uh, if people, if or when people caught me that I could still race at the end. Um, that's like one of the things on your front, like if you're going to run from the front, um, you want to make sure it's like aggressive and you're pushing it, but you also want to make sure you're not going like 100% that if people catch you, you have like no second gear. <laughs> like you, you kind of have to be ready to race if that happens. So it's, it's a little hard to um, kind of like, I guess it's a little hard to estimate what kind of effort you're supposed to be giving, but I tried my best and I thought it was um, like a good day. So yeah. No, like, and also no wind protection, you know, you know, no group running when you're out there by yourself. Did that make you nervous? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is always harder when you're on your own, but there were parts of the neighborhood where it was blocked. And so like I, there were streets where I'm like, oh, I don't feel it right now. The houses are blocking the wind. It's not too bad. Um, and then there were like, we make a turn and then you'd feel it. But um, yeah, no, I, I like it was, I was just aware that like they might catch me. So just be prepared for it. if that happens, don't panic, just mm. um, be ready to like kick it into another gear at the end. Um, but then also like run, like run to how you feel. And, um, and that's what I try to do. So that's, yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> I thought he was going to change the plan when we looked at the forecast and he was like, no. <laughs> oh, Ray, <laughs> tell what you're doing. <laughs> tell us about Ray. I know Ray coaches Molly as well, but I don't know a whole lot about him. So like, when did he start mm -hmm. coaching you and kind of what's his style like? Yeah. Ray started coaching me. Um, so I, started college at the University of Wisconsin and I transferred to uh, Providence College my sophomore year. So he's been coaching me since I was 19. Um, and so sometimes I think when he's talking to me, he like remembers things like 19 year old Emily, like um, wasn't great with or needed extra help with. And I'm like, no, no, I'm 29 now. <laughs> I'm a different athlete. <laughs> um, so there is that a little bit, but he also knows me so well. And, um, so that's like a huge benefit to like, he really knows my strengths and he knows, um, like I'm a lot of the time. And, uh, so like, so that, that's pretty helpful to have someone that like has been coaching me for like 10 years now. <laughs> um, and he's, yeah, he's great. He's, um, how would I describe Ray? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, it's actually quite funny. He's, um, he, he's known my husband since my husband was born and really like this, like uh, family connection. Uh, my father-in-law and Ray grew up in the same part of Ireland and they went to college together what? Um, at the same time they went to Providence College. So, uh, yeah, so it's almost like uh, Ray is like almost like a second father to my husband. So it's like, That's crazy. it's really funny, the all the connections. But um, I, I think he's an incredible coach because I've been with him for so long. So I think he's one of the best. Does he still coach in college at all? He does. Okay. Yeah. So he still coaches the PC team. Okay. And then um, he coaches me and Molly and some other runners as well. Um, just like for fun. He loves coaching. So, I mean, we, we pay him, but it's for, it's fun for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves to coach. Um, but yeah, so he coaches the team and that's like his main job. And then he uh, coaches us as well. So, um, so yeah, but I, yeah, when I was looking at transferring, I remember uh, Providence College stood out to me because I could see all the athletes Ray had coached that had these great, um, like long careers and, um, like I could just see the success he's had with so many different runners. And I'm like, well, like, if he's had this much success with this many athletes, like, I feel like it's a good call to just go <laughs> to Providence and see, see what happens. Um, and yeah, he's had such like a long history of coaching some amazing runners. So, um, yeah, he's been great. 
Yeah, because you transferred from the University University of Wisconsin. What mm-hmm. you were looking clearly for, like the coach that was going to give you help you cultivate a relationship with running that would create a longevity in the sport. Yes. What else were you yeah, looking exactly. for in a coach, though? Um, mainly that I just wanted to see, like, I, I just, I actually, I did love Wisconsin. I loved my teammates and the school itself was awesome. I, it was great. Um, I loved my time in Madison. Uh, so it was hard saying goodbye to those friends, but I just felt like the, um, the coaching style didn't really work for me. And so I wanted to kind of just like, uh, see what else is out there and see if there's a coach that can, um, like help, like help me like realize my potential or come close. And then, um, could help me like in the long run too. And I liked that Ray coached college and professional mm-hmm. athletes. Cause at the time I was not sure if I wanted to be a professional runner, but I thought that like could be an option someday. And I was like, well, like I like that so many athletes have stuck with him after mm-hmm. college. It clearly shows he's very good at what he does. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's what happened. I went to Providence college and um, Ray's still coaching me now. So was Molly's career a big factor and you like mm-hmm. leaning towards Ray. Definitely. Yeah. Molly's, um, we're talking Tim about Molly Smith, Huddle. If in case uh, anybody doesn't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just assume when everyone, yeah, me too. Assume everyone knows when I say Molly, it's yeah. Molly Huddle. Same. Yeah. yeah. Molly. <laughs> yeah. Molly, Kim Smith. I remember talking to, um, Roisin McGettigan, um, Mary Cullen. There's just so many runners and, uh, it's been great actually, because like when I did graduate, I had like their brains to pick and mm-hmm. I also could just watch them and like observe like what they did, how they lived, how they carried themselves and trained. And like that to me was like that that was so, so helpful. I don't know. I don't think I would have been able to get to this level without that. Um, I kind of just needed someone and a few people to show me the ropes. It's mainly Ben Molly. Um, it's mainly just me and her right now. But at the beginning, I remember uh, watching Kim Smith and how she trained and um, I like watching how she fueled. That was actually really, um, like good to see. And, uh, yeah, like talking to Mary Cullen quite like a bit, we trained out in Arizona over the winter one year and, um, yeah, just having all these women I could watch and like kind of just observe. It sounds kind of creepy, but like look up to you a bit and just see like they're successful. How did they get there? What are they doing? Um, that, yeah, that, that is such a crucial, um, element, I think. Uh, if you want to like improve in something is surround yourself with people much better than you. <laughs> yes. Never be the smartest nor the fastest person in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did you decide you wanted to be a marathoner? Um, so I've been told for like ever since high school that people told me you're going to be a marathoner someday. And I don't know why, <laughs> but, um, but I have like been told that for a really long time. Like I remember the first comment being in high school And so I've always been aware, like, oh, I might be a marathoner someday. But um, I did notice, I remember in college, uh, the more, like, the further I went up in distance, kind of the better I did. And my fifth year, I didn't have um, any cross-country eligibility left. So I did some road races. And each road race was a little bit longer than the previous one I had just done. And each road race, I did better. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I think I am, like, um, I, I feel like I have something, like, I want to explore on the roads a bit. And I don't think like, I don't think I was like, Oh, I definitely am going to be a marathoner someday. But I definitely had this curiosity that came um, from experimenting with road races of different distances. And yeah, then I did the half and I loved the half. And um, then yeah, just seeing Molly run New York and uh, just what I was on the, um, the lead vehicle, the year Schlane one. Oh, and I was like, this, this looks amazing. <laughs> so um so yeah, I, I definitely, the I've, I was told for a long time, oh, you'll, you look like a marathon runner, which I'm not sure exactly what that means, but, <laughs> um, but I did call, like, I do feel like the, um, the like desire to pursue it kind of came from within anyway. So I eventually got there. <laughs> was this a, so 2019 London marathon, Emily runs 223.08, sixth place. Mm-hmm. It's like probably one of the most impressive debuts on record. Was this you or Ray that was like, I think we're going to finally do it? Like, who planted the seed first? Um, Ray definitely planted the seed. And I remember thinking, like, I like wanted to build up to the marathon because I like I want to make sure my body can handle the mileage. Like, I knew when I wanted to do a marathon, I'm like, I want to, like, really go all in. <laughs> and and like, she did, clearly. To, like, uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't want to just, like, um, yeah, I, I want to feel like I'm prepared before I uh, – 
like do a marathon build up. And I know I think it was the timing. I remember we said at the time, this would be a good opportunity to see how you do in the marathon because it's the year before the Olympics, but well, before right. <laughs> pre-COVID, uh, we thought 2019 was the year before. And he's like, let's just see how it goes. If it goes well, then like we'll shoot for the, um, the marathon at the trials. And then it, if like, you're not quite ready for it, then we'll come back to it. Um, and we'll just be all in on the track. And it went really well, but I think the more important part was I like finished it. I'm like, I want to do it again. That was like my first thought. So I'm really glad my first experience was positive because if my first marathon experience had been the trials Mm. um, and had that outcome, I think it'd be really hard for me to say, oh, I definitely want to do that again. Uh, So because London went so well, I'm very motivated to go back. But um, And I know it takes a few times often for people to like really nail the marathon. So you can maybe have not a great performance your first time and like keep trying and then like it eventually clicks. But having a good experience um, right off the bat just really, I think, um, is important for me, especially coming out of the trials to know like I still want to go back and pursue that. Yeah, it's wild like what a difference that could have made in your brain, you know, had the Mm -hmm. reverse happened, like you just said. It's so crazy. Like, you know, what if you were feeling sick that day or anything, any, you know, with the marathon, it's like any Mm -hmm. huge list of possibilities. And so, I mean, it's just a testament that anybody can have a bad day. I mean, look how many people have good days and bad days at the trials and you're all amazing runners. Yeah, that's the thing with the marathon, though. And it's like, like, I heard people say this before. And it's true, the highs are higher and the lows are lower, because you go all in. And um, any like, there's so many different factors that can like play into how your marathon goes. And you train like for months for one day. And the one like one of the takeaways I took from the trials is I told Ray afterwards, I'm like, I can't ever go into a marathon buildup again without having a race in the buildup. Because I didn't race before the trials, but I definitely felt like I got pretty fit. And then it, it, it sounds bad, but it does feel like you like waste the buildup, which it's not a waste because like, like you'll come out stronger. You'll um, the next marathon buildup I do, I'm sure I'll feel like strong from all the work I put in um, mm. for the trials. But like not having like that performance to um, like just not having anything to show for it to myself was really hard. Uh, we did a time trial, but that's like. To me, I don't like. I do time trials if I have to, but I'd rather race. So, um, so I told him with the next one, and part of it was the timing. Like there just weren't a lot of races. There were only half marathons, and he didn't want me to do that. So, um, but yeah, the next one, I'm like, I just need a race because before London, we did a 10k, and like that was like great to get that out of the buildup. And um, if something had happened in London, I got sick or food poisoning or whatever, like you like I had the 10k at least, so you get two shots. Um, but yeah, you work really hard and you hope everything comes together on that one day, but sometimes it doesn't. So um, that's definitely the hardest part of the marathon. Yeah. So it was, it's more of a, I want, I want something, if nothing else for myself to, to, right. to show what my hard work did more than mm-hmm. like running a race in prep would have given like given me yeah like race preparation as far as like just getting in the race mode do you know what I mean yeah no that's that's really important actually um going a whole year nearly without racing there were actually things I forget like um before Valencia there were little things I forgot to do and at the uh 5k in LA I remember the morning of the race I'm like how long of a shakeout run do I do I don't (laughs) remember it's been so long um like there are little like things uh just going through the motions and um and yeah, just having also that like, I, I don't know, I feel like I like need a little bit of pressure. Um, yeah, I feel like if I just go do a time trial to me, I'm like, it's miss, I'm missing that, and I kind of like, I want that. <laughs> um, I just feel like that helps me like step up a little bit. But um, yeah, so I think the next marathon build up I do, like, I'll, I'll have a race planned, and obviously, like the the lead up race, if you were to get sick or have a little niggle pop up, then like that's one thing to like scratch it um, for something bigger ahead, but. Um, but we never had anything planned. So, um, so that was, I think one of the harder parts, but, um, but yeah, no racing now. So I'm happy, happy with that. Hey everybody, a quick break here to thank ZocDoc for supporting this podcast. When you need a doctor, you need a doctor now, not in a few days, not in a few weeks, and definitely not in a few months. If you need to see an MD ASAP, 
ZocDoc has a solution for you. All you have to do, just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash another and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash another. So you just did a 5K. What is like... 5k Emily headspace before a race uh, compared to like marathon Emily headspace before a race it's weird whatever distance I'm like next racing is the head like the headspace I'm in like right now I'm preparing for the track so I have like a track mindset but before like Valencia or even before the 15k I have like this um like longer like ready to grind like <laughs> um road race mindset and um yeah before the 5k it felt like a bit of a shock to my system mm, when we I started like when the gun went off I actually like was so slow to get off the line I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um and I was like in, at the very back and I was like oh wow <laughs> we need to we need to work on this but uh it, it felt like kind of weird to get my legs turning over that fast again but then once I got going I'm like oh this is kind of fun like I feel really fast um I'm running a lot faster than uh like the long, like marathon type workouts. So um, yeah, I think like when I'm ready for like a 5k on the track, I'm like, oh, this is like fun. Like I get to feel fast. And when I'm preparing for like something on the roads, I'm like, all right, time to like really push myself and grind and (laughs) ready for that. So um, they're different, but I enjoy, enjoy it all. 1455 was your PR. That's a new PR for you though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I haven't, um, I, I never felt like I really came uh, there were times that I broke in 15 minutes, but like there weren't races or the races didn't go how they wanted. Um, but I did have a 1502 from indoors. So it wasn't like okay. a huge jump, but my outdoor PE was quite a bit slower. It was like 1510, I think. So, and that was from 2017. So okay. it was pretty old. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think? I feel like we're seeing people more and more do this, like, 5k 10k and marathon like do do the whole Mm -hmm. array of distances now I mean and I think someone like Sarah Hall is a good example of like having that range so do you what value do you see in doing all of the distances so there when I started um, training for the marathon I heard a lot of people make comments that like marathon runners like lose their speed Mm -hmm. and like then I but then I watched Molly hop back and forth between marathons and the track and Shalane would do that too and I was like well they're not losing their speed yeah <laughs> but, um, I wonder where that comes from and I do think um you can I, I think there's actually benefits to like doing track work because I feel like my form is like a little bit better when I start to do just marathon running I actually start to shuffle more and um I actually don't perform my best when I'm shuffling like I kind of need that like hip extension um that you get when you're like on the track and uh and I lose it when I'm doing marathon work so I actually think um just like uh, mechanics wise it's good but also just kind of fun to switch it up and I I wonder if like people say you lose your speed because like um maybe it's because like things are so close together Mm -hmm. like we finished London in April and then we were ready for the trials in like June or whatever um and so it is like a quick turnaround and um, after the trials, that was one thing we considered. We were like, did we have too many times we tried to peak? Um, and that just like took a toll on my body or something. But, um, cause we went from like marathon, uh, training race, the marathon in April, then the trials and then Doha was in October. And then we went straight back into a marathon buildup. So, um, so yeah, like I think maybe I wonder if the turnaround is what people are referring to is you don't give your body enough time to like fully like rest and like recover but I'm not sure where that comes from but I think it is good to switch it up and it's fun at least so um I definitely am finding running on the track to be a lot more fun than I used to actually so I read that you have been working on your form and I think that I think Mm -hmm. that it's easy to get lazy with your form when you mentioned mechanics and like shuffling 
I even yes. find myself doing that on easy runs. And I'm like, if I just like pick up my feet a little bit more, like my body, and yeah, I think yeah. it leads to injury when you do the sh- whole shuffle thing. It definitely does for me. It like beats up my quads a lot, we've noticed. Um, and I don't think you should try to change your form to be like someone that you're not. Like, I don't think that's necessarily um, productive, but right. like I, I've like watched videos and I've seen pictures of me running when I'm at my best and I've seen it when I'm like really beat up and stuff. And my form looks very different. So I just try to get it back to, I guess, back to normal. <laughs> like after the trials, um, something we noticed was like a photographer sent me some pictures they took from like three weeks before the trials. And I was like looking at my form and then I'm like, that's what I look like. Um, like I had no hip extension. Mm. I looked really stiff especially in my upper body. And I was like, what happened? I didn't look like that before London. And I know it sounds silly, but I was like, maybe that's something. And I talked with my chiropractor and it's something we've been working on. Um, and I feel like I, I'm back to running how I normally do when I'm at my best. And uh, I, I feel more powerful. I feel less um, sore and beat up. So I think just like finding what your normal is and trying to work on like strengthening or mobility or whatever to kind of help keep you there, um, I think is pretty important. So what are those things for you? Like, was it kind of, was it a mental thing too? Like I need to just like focus more to make sure I'm not getting sloppy. So you can use cues. Yeah. But for me, um, I think we did a lot of like posterior uh, chain strength work because I, like I was like, I'm always um, very uh, quad dominant anyway, but I became very, very quad dominant. Okay. And so we're like, all right, let's strengthen the back side. Like the, your like calves, hamstrings, like everything, even like upper body um, to try to like help keep you from relying on your quads too much. Um, We'll work on like lengthening your hamstrings a bit, um, do some like upper body. My posture was actually getting really bad. Um, And all of that has helped. And we also backed off the the mileage for a while to kind of let my body um, just like it helped when we were working on all this. So uh, did pretty low mileage after traps for a while and um, just worked on all these kind of weaknesses and slowly things started to click and I started to feel better but it took a while let's talk about the trials obviously you were a okay. big contender like one of the favorites to make the team in Atlanta um, among like I don't know I I don't know what you would say but I would say there were probably like eight or nine people, maybe 10 that were like mm-hmm. very strong contenders to make this team. Yeah. And, um, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm like not going down the list exactly, but, um, it mm-hmm. ended up just not being a day for you. And you step off the course mm-hmm. around mile 22 into your husband's arms. Let's start there from that moment. Like what was going through your head there? Um, so I feel like I need to back up a bit. The night before the race, uh, I was talking to my coach, Ray, and this is what I said in like my post after the race. Um, he was like, you're fit and you're strong and I think it's going to go great. Um, but I'm just going to throw it out there. It is a crazy, co- like it's um, an extreme course. So like you don't know what's going to happen for sure. I just want you to know if something does, like it was thrown in the conversation, but it wasn't really made to be a big deal. Um, he's like, oh, if something does happen though, like you, like I didn't tell Molly this in Boston, um, and I kind of wish I did. So I'm going to tell you guys, like, if something does go wrong, you need to step off and um, get ready for the 10K. But I don't see that happening. <laughs> like, okay. I think I, I commented something like that after the race. And I got, like, um, I think Ray got a bit of a hard time from comments. But um, it really wasn't playing in my head. Like, when I was on the star line, I was, like, I'm, like, all right, I'm going for this. Like, I want to make the team. I want, like, I want to win this race. Um, and my body actually started hurting around like mile, I want to say it was between miles 11 and 13. And I was like, I'm really new to this event, but this just seems way too early. Um, and my quads is both of them were just like, every time I landed, just like cramping up and I was like, Oh God, like maybe it'll go away. And I used like a lot of like positive self-talk in the Mm. moment. Um, like, Hey, aerobically, you feel really good. Like this doesn't feel like that hard like of an effort um aerobically um the quad like the quad thing might sort itself out just keep running just keep running um in london marathon i actually um started off like on mile two i had something hurting because i tripped oh, and fallen before the race yeah i fell off a curb it was so ridiculous um and i remember in london being like i don't know if you're gonna finish but just see how this plays out it might get better and it did in that race so <laughs> i was like maybe this will happen again um and it didn't uh i was like for like I feel like it was an hour, I kind of just kept like, just like pick up your leg, just keep like 
like if I kept anything positive I could think of that I felt was like fitting, I'd like say it in myself. Um, but I want to say it was around mile 20 or something. Um, like either the pack picked it up or I fell off. I can't remember. Um, but I did fall off the pack. And I remember I like gave myself a mile. I was like, hey, like I didn't give myself a mile. But I was like, come on, you can rail, like reel them in. Just like keep working. Um, and after a mile, I was like, no, my legs aren't working. Like my quads, like I can't, like, I can't lift my legs right now. This, this hurts so much. Um, and so I feel like it was around mile 21 where I felt like I was running backwards and like Steph Bruce ran by me. It looked like she waved at me to come with her. And I just couldn't, like my legs were just like, just toast. And, um, I like knew at that moment, that's when Ray's comment came back in my head and he was like, Hey, like something happens, you need to step off. Um, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I'd never dropped out of a race before. Uh, and I, like, I was just like, what do I do? Like, do I just walk off? Like, is that what happens? Like, like, do I like how, like, I just was like, stop, like stop running. It's the easiest thing in the world, but I just couldn't do it. Um, and then it was right before the mile 22 mark, I saw my husband and he just like waved me over and I was like, it was then I felt like, okay, it's okay to stop running now. Like, mm. it's okay. Like, your husband's right there. And so I stepped off the course and my knees just buckled and he just, like, hugged me and we, like, sat on the curb for a while. And I just remember, like, just being so, like, sad and, like, confused with what happened. And that's kind of how I felt for a little while after the race. Um, and, like, I don't know if I did a good job explaining that. I'm not really good at, like really being like I have a hard time when I was opening up to like my even my husband sometimes about things so like on Instagram when I was like sharing it I feel like it made it sound like oh I'm, I dropped off I'm just gonna stop and that's oh, not what happened sure <laughs> and I like I just really like I was so thankful my husband was there because that's like I don't know if I just sort of kept shuffling or walking or what but um but then we kind of just like walked back to the hotel and like for a little while I felt like I was in a bit of like a funk and um but and we couldn't really make sense of it we're like what happened like the course was really extreme but we like didn't have any other answers we couldn't be like oh you were sick oh you were um injured or, or you weren't fit like we didn't have anything to point out and be like that's what happened the course was the only thing we could think of um and since then we've like noticed other things we've noticed my form we've noticed um like, and I've seen improvements with that and so it, I felt good when I can actually like point at other things and be like okay well we can improve upon this because we can't control the course that's picked for the trials, but we can control um, what we do to kind of keep my body from falling back into um, that really like uh, shuffly type pattern um, that where my quads get beat up. And um, so, yeah, I'm like working really hard to try to make sure that never happens again. But, um, but yeah, that was definitely a tough day and it was a tough few months that followed when everything got canceled. But, um, but to be honest, like, I don't know if the trials, like if they had happened, when they were supposed to, I don't know if my body would have been ready mm. by then. It would have like just been like coming around. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of crazy how that all worked out. Sorry. I feel like I've been talking for like 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I love it. I love, I love hearing you talk about like the emotional side of it as well, because you're right. There are certain people on social media that pour out their heart. I mean, I am one of those people that overshare. Yeah, no, but that's like, I, I like, I think that, I don't know why, like, but I find that actually really good to see because I'm like, no, that's how I feel sometimes too, but I can't like put words to it often. Um, and I think it like kind of pulls back the curtain on like, uh, I mean, not just runners feel this way, everyone does, but we all have like tough moments. And I think um, it shows we're all human. <laughs> so I think it's actually a good thing to see. Yeah, but it's also okay that like you didn't want to like – word vomit like right. 10 paragraphs about what you went through like your coping mechanism looks different than somebody else's coping mechanism true yeah and it was hard at the time because I just like was so confused and I couldn't make sense of it to myself so I'm like how do I where do I start yeah <laughs> um, but I do feel like you owe it to like um like I feel I received so many nice messages oh. from people um after like after that race and after like recent ones too and I'm like I do feel like I need to ex like um share like part of the journey and be open about that. But um, some things I just feel like are a little harder, especially when you haven't quite made sense of it yourself. But yeah, um, but yeah, so many people have been really nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, beyond the physical, like your body not being ready for the trials last mm -hmm. summer, 
it sounds like emotionally you might not have been ready. Yeah, I think emotionally I probably wasn't ready to jump in a back, right back into another marathon buildup. That's what I decided. <laughs> I was like, I need to take a step back when there was the marathon here in December. Oh, um, right. Yeah, it was. Did you like, think so about close it? To home. I did for a second, but like it, they announced it. No, I got an email from Ben Rosario and it was when I was up in Flagstaff and I was like, I am just starting to feel like myself mm. again. Like, I don't know if I should really throw my body back in another marathon buildup when like we have just put it back together. So I was like, but it's so close to home. It's like 20 minutes from my house and oh my it's going to be a really fast course. I know. And like, I remember the week of the race, Ray being like, should you have done this? Like, it's, too, <laughs> it's too late. Um, but I, I actually think it was the right call. My yeah. gut was like, no, like you're not like physically ready to jump back in. And I just think like, just give yourself some time, do this half in Valencia, do some track races. Like, um, like kind of get your confidence back to you and also just let your body just like physically like recover from that. Um, so it was hard watching it. I, I was say, like, did oh, you I want to be in that, but Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I had FOMO watching that and FOMO watching um, London marathon too. Oh, I, bet. I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to do that. But um, I actually stayed up. I was like, I'll just watch the beginning. Cause um, we were in mountain time zone then. And um, then I saw Sarah was running so well. I'm like, no, no, I have to watch this through. I can't stop watching it now. <laughs> so I was up to like 2 or 2.30 or whatever it was. And then I fell asleep right after she crossed the finish line. But I was like, oh, this is exciting to watch. Like, I miss this so much. Um, so I think that's good that I'm like watching these races and I'm so excited to throw myself back in. We're right after the trials. I'm like, I can't really think. Uh, yeah, I just didn't feel ready. So, but now I do. Well, you know, I think it's interesting because even as, a, you know, the average everyday runner, when there's races that they don't go to, they get FOMO and then they think, what could I have done? Mm -hmm. What place would I have got? What time would I have ran? Did you envision that oh, with yeah. the marathon project? Um, I I don't know if I was like, what would I have done? Um, I'm more like, well, what can I do if they do it again next year? Nice. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, that course is like fast. I and, hope like, they I, do. Like, I mean, I, I stepped outside. Yeah, if the fall marathons, I do think the majors are going to happen. Yeah. Um, but if they didn't happen, I could see them doing it again. But the course is perfect if you want to run fast. Like, you can just, like, hug the line the whole time. And you're, like, if you, like, like I'm not great at running tangents. So sometimes I feel like that slows me down. Um, like, I rewatched my race in Gate River. And I'm, like, why are you running there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, like, I feel like you could run faster. The weather's perfect. Just watching the marathon product, I'm, like, this is, like, exactly what you'd want if you want to run fast um so I was like excited to watch it and I'm like well now this makes me want to really train for hard for a fast marathon um but I also want to train hard for like other marathons like I'd love to be New York um that's one I'm definitely gonna do uh and yeah I don't know it just got me excited for the marathon again though it's like a whole nother challenge I feel like I still need to figure it out man yeah it's that's so crazy like the marathon project was such a unique and cool experience but you're right like mm -hmm. all of the every you guys have to do the majors like you that that's where I know. the money is like that's where the competition is like the world competition right, the world yeah. stage so it's like how in a perfect world do we have majors and the marathon project and because it's so cool I know, I know the marathon project and like of course like London those are like set up to run like really fast yeah and like the majors like um you can you definitely run really fast in like or London um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I like watching the London race and, um, yeah, watching the marathon project. I'm like, well, like this is like perfectly set up that like, um, I wonder if they will do it again just for that, but it'll be curious to see how things play out this year and next year. But how many people would fit it in? I mean, we know Sarah Hall will do multiple marathons in a season, but like I know. most people <laughs> will amazing. do one, maybe two a year. Right. Yeah. One or two year tops is typical. Um, I remember when she ran London, I said to Shane, I'm like, she's totally going to do the marathon. Yeah. Like, I can see it. Like she's like, it's Sarah Hall. She can like bounce back. Like, I think that's one of her greatest strengths is her like ability to recover. Not that I know her training that well or anything, but just from the bit I've heard and seen, um, she also lives in Arizona. I'm like, I don't know anyone else that can recover that quickly from like hard workouts and hard races. And I think, um, yeah, that's probably one of her greatest strengths. She has to be doing all the things recovery wise. I mean, I don't know either because also she's 37. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I know. It's kind of cool though to see that because I'm like, well, I'm 29 and Sarah's running her best at 37. So it kind of like makes me excited that like, okay, well, I could be doing this for like eight or nine more years. Like, um, 
it's kind of cool. Super exciting. I know. I mean, I was thinking about that. I was looking back at your history. I saw you at 10th at the trials and the 10K in 2016. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, then you do, you do the, well, you debut the marathon. I mean, do you, is that the highlight of your career so far? Um, yeah, I'd say London marathon was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, racing, I, I love the world championships I ran in like London and Doha. Those were just really fun. Anytime you get to wear like the USA singlet. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I'd say London so far because that, I don't know. I just felt like everything, I don't know. I just felt really fun and it like worked out pretty well. So, um, I'd say that's probably the highlight so far. So you have 2016 trials now 2021 trials mm-hmm. i mean really there's at least two more trials in there for you just waiting yeah i know i know that's what i was saying i was talking to newbounce on the phone that i did i'm like yeah i can see that <laughs> two more and then they're like what about three i'm like i'm gonna be very old i'm gonna be much older not very old but <laughs> i'm like three might be stretching in a bit but um but yeah no i'd love to have a long career so um that's pretty that like watching her run so well right now actually like excites me because um like selfishly, I'm like, oh, well, like I, I could still be doing this then because yeah. Sarah's been running like as long as I have. She ran in high school and college. And so, um, yeah, she started running younger as well. So, that, yeah, that's been pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. I interviewed Ryan, her husband, like, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I she was she was the very first pro that I had. Her and Molly Ludlow were the first two pros I ever interviewed. And oh, yeah, she like that was five years ago and to see like where her career was then compared to where it is now that she made, you know, this all happened in her like mid thirties is so, so cool to see. And you're seeing it a lot too. Like it's not just Sarah. I mean, Sarah's doing it really well, but it's also like a lot of people are also doing that. Um, Kira D'Amato. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, like seen it with her, seen it. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on a couple of names, but I can picture them. Um, why, why am I like not thinking of their names? Joe Pavey is running well. Um, why can I not think of the Irish woman? Uh, oh, Sinead, Sinead Diver. Oh, um, Sinead. Like, no, she's Sinead's like, I think in like, her early 40s. Yeah, she's like 43 she's, she's or 44. Yeah. yeah, I know. So like seeing this, I'm like, it, it's actually like we're seeing it a lot more. And a quick break here to thank another sponsor, Beam, for supporting this podcast. I have been looking for the right hydration mix for so long. I feel like I've tried so many different companies and brands and types, and this is by far my favorite. I'm so sold on Beam. They have a balance, a performance, and a recovery hydration mix. I feel so good about getting all the electrolytes I need in my body every single day. Um, their, Their Elevate Balance is a hydration plus probiotic mix. Their performance blend is a hydration plus energy blend. Give me some of that caffeine. And their recovery blend is the hydration plus collagen. No more feeling dehydrated and ick after a long run. The other thing I do want to tell you about is their dream blend. This is a warm blend that's a healthy take on hot chocolate, helping your body and mind wind down for the night. Better Z's and a sense of calm. Yes, please give me that every single night. The Dream Blend does have CBD in it, but it does not have any THC in it, and it is third-party tested. Go to beamtlc.com, use the code ANOTHER, and you can save 15% off your order. That's beamtlc.com, use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your order. So your husband, Shane, does he train with you? Does he run with you? So um, he works full time, but his day doesn't start until noon. And uh, okay. he works virtually. He's a mental health uh, therapist. Oh, okay. so, um, so it works out pretty well, actually. He'll wake up with me and we'll do a workout or a long run. And then um, we'll come back. And like, like if we're up really early in Arizona, um, like we'll try to fit in a nap and he'll fit in a nap before work. Nice. And then he's working from noon till eight. And um, but it's great because it's virtual. So we're going to Flagstaff this weekend and he's going to. Um, be able to do it from Flagstaff. You're like allowed to, as long as you're within the state, you're allowed to stay working um, virtually with your clients, I guess. So um, yeah, it's like kind of a lot going on, but he's helped me so much um, just having him there on my workout days and for long runs. I can't go back to like not having him now after seeing how much I've improved and how much it's helped to have him there. Um, 
so yeah, he's been a huge, huge help, I think, in my career. So, but his story, he ran in college, and so now does he stay, like, does he try to stay, mm-hmm. like, just a little bit faster than you shape so that he can push you in his work, in your workouts? <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do the whole workout. So and I actually don't like I prefer it that way. Um, he'll do probably like, I don't know, uh, like two thirds to three fourths of it. And, um, and yeah, so he like, there are times that I'll go away for like a camp, like, or I'll go to like Providence, and like, he'll stay here, I'll go to San Diego, and he'll stay here. And so I'll go like a month or whatever without working out. And then I'll come back. And he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, can we find someone else to maybe hop in? But no, he's, he's been great. Um, yeah, it just helps a ton on the days that like, um, if I am feeling tired, or like, um, if I'm struggling in a workout, like, all I have to do is just stare at his back. And like, he'll just like lead the way or if it's really windy like he he's like the workhorse he'll like pace into the wind and, and I'll like uh, do these like out and back like mile and a half stretches and then I'll like have the wind in my back for when I do it so um, I'm able to like uh, actually run quite a bit faster and get my legs turning over so um, he yeah he's helped a lot I don't um, I wouldn't be running as um, competitively or at this level I know if I didn't have him and you all met in college right mm-hmm yeah yeah uh, I transferred in and it was his freshman year and okay. older than him. And uh, it was like the first week um, of college. It's funny. We both went into Providence being like, oh, we don't really want to um, be like start a relationship right now because um, I was starting over and he was moving to a new country. And like the first week we just met and clicked. And yeah, that was like 10 years ago now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy uh, how fast the time goes. It is crazy. I try not to think about it. I know. Yeah. (laughs) It's really weird, actually. (laughs) But yeah, um, 2011, we met. Yeah. Okay. And when did you get married? Oh, uh, it's funny. If you ask us this question, we'll both give you different answers. Um, uh, We got married in 2017 in Rhode Island. And then we had an Irish wedding um, in 2018. So our wedding, two weddings were like a year and a half apart. But um, it's funny. Yeah, we just had recently had his um, interview uh, for like to get his like conditions removed mm. from his green card. And the one thing you have to know for the interview is what day you got married. <laughs> and we messed it up. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> and then hilarious. They were like, I know. And then they had to ask us all these other questions. Um, but yeah, we got married February 2017. Um, so four years ago now. And so your Irish wedding, did you, you went to Ireland and did it there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we so did because that's where he grew up, and his all of his family and friends are there. And I like moved around a ton growing up, so I don't have like a hometown. Uh-huh. And um, it was amazing. My family was like a vacation. They're like, "Oh, we yeah. go to Ireland. That's so cool." Uh, and it was um, it was just such a fun week. The Irish like um, they stretch out weddings; <laughs> they make them like a week long. Um, you have like a day before your wedding event. You have the wedding. You have the day two, which is the like party the day after your wedding. And then we crammed in like bachelor bachelorette parties, <laughs> and it was just like uh, a very like wild but super fun week. Um, I like needed to like I felt like after that week I just napped like and slept for so long full week (laughs) but yeah but it was really fun uh it's amazing yeah Ireland's such a beautiful country if you like ever get the chance to go I don't know if you've been but it's it's beautiful and the people are amazing oh it's incredible I have embarrassingly not traveled very far but I want to do that for sure um do you think after COVID you will well I don't know we you know we have four kids so we don't travel a ton. I mean, we just went to North Carolina with our kids and that was big. I think as they get, as they've been getting older, I've, I'm going to be getting more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just like a really nervous flyer too. And so I get really anxious leaving my kids, which I really want to move past that. Like any of the, this is silly, but like the live events that I've done with my podcast and stuff, like even though I'm just like flying to New York, like that's been a big <laughs> thing for me to leave my kids and hop on an airplane so um I guess it's like baby steps you know but I I, that makes sense though you know but you it's like you you this is so corny but like YOLO it's like of course I want to see the world I have to get over some like really I they're probably normal fears right but other people no they are yeah yeah my parents I'm one of four my parents never traveled when we were growing up and now they definitely travel more yeah um so, yeah, I, I can understand that. 
I mean, yeah, like every time I leave, the, even though I love being away from my kids, it is such a vacation. Like it's so <laughs> nice to get the break and like have the freedom. But at the same time, I get anxiety flying. So I can see that. Yeah. If I could take, but... if I could take one thing from, like, if I could lift one fear or anxiety from me, I think that's what it would be Fine. because, like, yeah, I just like it's so much safer than driving. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of people are like that. Though my husband hated flying for a while, and he used to like fly like over an ocean to go home. So, um, but yeah, it's a really common fear. I know. I gotta get over it. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, Emily, what's your favorite thing about running for New Balance? Um, my favorite thing, I love the people I work with. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things. Um, yeah, like it, it feels like I'm part of a family. I know it's like a business at the end of the day. I've said this a few times, but, um, but like there's still that human element. Like I remember seeing them after the trials and they like text me. They're like, we just want to see you. We just want to give you a hug. <laughs> like, um, so I, I do love the people I work with. I think they're amazing. Um, actually, that, yeah, that's my favorite. I was going to say, what other New Balance athletes were up there with you at the trials? I, Is there any I other actually, marathoners? I don't think. Am I blanking on someone? I don't think so. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think so. Are you really? I don't. Yeah. What other New Balance athletes are marathoners? A lot of marathoners. Yeah. Uh, Callum Hawkins. Um, he's very good. Um, they definitely do. Have, not a lot of Americans, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I trying know. to think of Americans specifically. Um, oh, this is really embarrassing. I'm probably like forgetting someone. Uh, I could <laughs> we can cut it if that uh, makes you nervous. Nah, that's fine. I'm trying to think actually. I know. Well, uh, I'm just anyway. thinking of the well-known New Balance athletes I know. It's like Jenny Simpson, Brenda Martinez. Who else? Kim Conley Kim did Conley? a marathon once, but I don't think she wants to go back. No, I mean, she does. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. She'll be one in the yeah. 10K for you, won't she? Sure. Oh, yeah, she will be in the 10K, yeah. That list of people that are going to oh be running God, that so 10K, many. what? It's, yeah. I mean, is it like, it's like deep, going to be deeper than the marathon trials, I feel like. I know. Because you get both. the marathon trials. Everyone keeps asking about, like, how, uh, like, big of a field it is. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I feel like it's like, because it's like the people that specialize in the track and the 10K, but then all of you marathoners are like, getting after mm -hmm. it too so it's like a huge group of people it's huge it's, it's a like a, just like number wise it's huge but then the it's very deep as well so um so yeah it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah um all right emily well what what is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you have not done yet professionally or personally there's a lot professionally i still want to do <laughs> i have so many goals and you have so um, many years to do it yeah, no, I, oh God, I feel like I could listen to a lot of things. Um, well, let's start with the first one, make the Olympics. That, <laughs> that, that's the first one on the agenda. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, there are a lot of records I want to go for. Um, maybe medals, try to chase after. Uh, yeah, professionally, there's a lot. Personally, um, I'm trying to think personally. <laughs> but, uh, I feel like my professional and personal life kind of mix, but um yeah, personally, I, I know when I retire someday, my husband and I want to have a family. So that's something um, to look forward to ahead. Yeah. What is an accomplishment you're most proud of? Accomplishment? Actually, I would say London Marathon, not just because um, it went well, but because there were actually a lot of things that didn't go well the week of and even the day of the race. And it still came together. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you can pull things together. Um, and sometimes you have the trials where it doesn't work out. But um, there were a lot of things that happened that week and I still was able to mentally and physically get, um, I guess just perform. So I'm proud of that. Who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea or a cocktail with? Um, either Oprah. Yeah. Maybe Oprah. Yeah. Probably Oprah. <laughs> I had a list of people in my head, but I'm like, I'll go with her. <laughs> yeah. That's my pick too. I love Oprah. Uh, I love Oprah. <laughs> what is your last message you want to leave with our audience? Um, my last message. Uh, I'll just keep it simple. Like I, if you get out for a run today, just um, make sure to like enjoy it. Um, yeah. Take in the surroundings and um, just how nice it is to be able to run. Like it sounds simple, but I like to keep it simple. <laughs> We've learned to appreciate the littlest of things this past year. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. 
Okay, friends, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Emily, for coming on the show. You can find Emily on Instagram. She is E-M-M underscore Sisson underscore. You can find me on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. We have a group as well. I'd love to connect with you over there on our group. Check out the show notes at lindsayhine.com for all the details on what we talked about, as well as all the links to sponsor discounts. If you do enjoy the podcast, please do me a solid and leave a quick rating and review. That is such a huge help in new listeners finding the show. I read them every day. They don't come in as frequently as they used to. Uh, But my most recent interview... Ooh, it gives the Urban Pharmacy a shout out. This podcast is on my regular rotation and I look forward to it every Friday for a new episode. Lindsay makes you feel like you're just hanging out with friends, chatting about topics we all want to hear about. Easy to listen to on a run or while I'm working from home. I highly recommend other Sandy Boy production podcasts as well, especially Why Is Everyone Yelling and the New Urban Pharmacy. That's from Reason BA4. I hope I said that right. Appreciate that review so very much. All right. You all have a wonderful rest of your day, a great Friday and weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday.